Welcome to the Holistic Accountant Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to demonstrate how accountants must employ a holistic approach to help their clients maximise wealth. It's not just about preparing tax returns. So each week, Mina Abraham and I will discuss topics to help you better understand some of the things your holistic accountant can help you with. Quite often in the media, people talk about self-managed super funds and, and what is the minimum balance you need to justify uh, or make it cost-effective to set up a self-managed super fund. So I thought we'd tackle that question today, Mina. Uh, what do you think is the minimum balance to set up a self-managed super fund to make it worthwhile? See, sure, I don't actually think it's monetary-driven. Um, I think it should be based on your investment strategy. Now, saying that, you shouldn't be starting a self-managed super fund with $20,000 in, yep. in the account, but it really depends on what you're trying to achieve overall. Um, generally, and again, this isn't uh, financial advice, but generally we'll uh, direct clients to only set up a self-managed super fund to invest in direct property yep. um, just because it's a good vehicle for that. Um, it provides the greatest control. If you're just looking for shares or, or, or share investing or anything similar to that, you can achieve that different alternative super options um, that are, will be a lot more cost effective than setting up a self-managed super fund. Yeah, I think that's right, Mina. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it is an interesting question. I guess uh, when they talk about it in the media, they're trying to educate people that there is a cost associated with running a self-managed super fund. So if you've only got $20,000, you know, those costs will eat significantly into your balance. But then conversely, you know, if you've got a million dollars in super, it doesn't necessarily mean you should go and set up a self-managed super fund, nor does it, and in fact, it's not necessarily the cheapest option. Um, control is a big thing that drives people to set up their own super fund, but really you can achieve um, the, the same level of control, I think, uh, like you said, using different uh, options, like even industry super funds allow you to invest in direct shares and ETFs, um, and or a, a wrap platform has a very broad investment menu that allows you to do that, but you don't have the compliance headache and uh, cost associated with it. Um, there, I mean, there are some other things that would drive people to set up a self-managed super fund, again, irrespective of balance. Um, it could be that they want to pull um, their family's retirement savings together, so mum, dad and children all in the same super fund, for example, uh, I mean, be careful with that because you've got um, members at different ages and different risk profiles and so forth. Um, uh, could uh, another way of sort of creating intergenerational wealth and passing that on, uh, or also some estate planning um, benefits. You know, if you've got blended families and so forth, you might have sort of different arrangements there. Also, Stuart, you may want to think about liquidity of the of the fund. Um, so when you're in retirement phase, you want to make sure that there's enough uh, investment returns or cash available in the super to pay you out a pension to, to actually support your living. So it, again, it really comes down to this in, the, the investment strategy rather than how much money you actually have in your super fund. Yep, that's it. So we uh, essentially don't think that there's a, a magic limit. It really comes down to purpose. Uh, and whether the self-managed super fund is fit for purpose or whether there's uh, other more efficient ways of achieving the same outcome. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Accountant podcast. To find out more, please visit holisticaccountant.com.au.